0: Here's my plan.
1: I've thought it out with
0: geometric logic. I'm going to recreate that showing of possessor. Only this time, it's going exactly as planned. And maybe that way things will be different. Maybe then my mother won't die. And I won't be burned and everything will be okay. everyone and welcome to the GorePress Gorecast. It's episode 50, which is a high-ish number of episodes. The highest what <laughs> we've done yet, anyway. Um, Obviously. Yeah, I'm Dangerous <laughs> Jamie. Joining me as always is my beautiful assistant, Debbie, M- Sarah, McGee. I've made that, I've done that one before.
1: I've yeah. run out
0: of ideas, I'm sorry. Um, Recycling. It's week three of uh, guest picks. Uh, and this week we're joined by um, director editor, all-around film guy, Jamie Hooper. Hi, Jamie.
1: Hello, Jamie. That's weird. <laughs> and Sarah.
0: <laughs> so your name's I like Jamie.
1: I am an afterthought. Quite a good name you've got there.
0: Yeah, it's... it's I don't know what to say. It's a handsome <laughs> name.
1: <laughs> What's the dangerous part? Why are you saying dangerous?
0: Oh, that's a weird thing. Um, when I lived in Liverpool, I used to do stunts for, like, money and cigarettes. Like, throw myself downstairs and stuff, and it just oh, sort well, of that... stuck. At
1: least that's a good thing. I thought it might, like, go around raping people or something.
0: No, not anymore. Oh, not, any... not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> that's an awful joke to make. I've never raped, raped anyone <laughs> that wasn't asking for it. No.
2: <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and. Let this disaster
0: unfold.
1: Uh, It could go further, but I'm not going to say anything. No, don't. Me neither. for the best.
0: Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the movie that you picked, Jamie, and that was The Mist. But before we get to that, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, (laughs) So, uh, tell us what you do. I mean, I already said some of it, but tell us a bit more in depth about who you are and what you do. What do I do? Uh, Okay,
1: so I... Um, I guess, a filmmaker. <laughs> um, I run a, a company or a partnership called Finger Cuff Productions with my best mate, James Webber. And we make do all the usual stuff to pay the bills, like make corporate videos and all of that kind of nonsense. Um, but what we really want to do is make feature films and stuff like that. Uh, so... I've been doing it a few years and it's all good fun and games. I'm going to Wales tomorrow to film
0: something about (laughs) jewellery. Don't they only have Doctor Who in Wales? That's the only thing that happens there, right?
1: (laughs) Well, funny you say that because the last time I went to Wales, I was filming in the same location that they were filming Doctor Who.
0: Right.
1: And they built a fake cave on a beach or something. Mm. I never saw the episode because I don't watch Doctor
0: Who. Me neither. Me either. Good. We people who don't <laughs> watch Doctor Who, what are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, without droning
1: on and on, that's me.
0: So you made a short last year. Was it last year? The year before? Um, uh, um, quite a long short, I guess.
1: Yes, yeah, so I f- just finished my latest short last in December. I think I finished it. Ooh, right. Plastic. Um. And it was probably my most ambitious short film to date, purely because I didn't have any money to make it. And it was a fairly long script, and it called for actors to get in their underwear and masturbate quite a lot. So finding actors who are willing to do that and not get paid was uh, a bit daunting. But somehow I managed to finish it and make it. And I think it's actually half decent. So, But that was my last
0: What's your plan of, of action with that? What's, what's next for it?
1: Um, sending it to festivals at the moment. So it'll probably be. Uh, Most short films do the festival circuit for probably at least a year, I would say.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then after that, I'll just release it online. Um, whilst that's doing that, I'll make. starting my next short in a week. That's going to be completely different than sending it about five minutes long because I really don't want to do another long
0: short. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and then it's gonna be my, this is going to be my last short before I think I attempt to do a super low, probably no budget feature film. Because um, you either do it or you don't. So I figure I may as well just try and do one, see what happens.
0: Yeah, worst thing that can happen is it's shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't finish it. So that's fine. <laughs> At least no one to know about it
0: yeah that's good so tell us about um your sort of your interest in horror where 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 did that come from
1: um i guess if i had to really think about it i it would stem back to probably the first time i saw evil dead on vhs i would say um that's my first memory of Watching something which was like gory and bloody and
0: horror,
1: right? And I just love that film, and I've just watched it like hundreds of times when I was a kid. Um, so I guess that is really my first, where my first love of horror comes from. Um, yeah, I don't know why I love horror. I just uh, don't know
0: why. Do you have like a specific like sub genre that you particularly care for, or are you just an all round horror guy?
1: I'll give anything a go. I don't really have any great love for any specific subgenre. Like I'm getting a bit... In the opposite answer to your question, I'm getting a bit bored of zombie films.
0: Oh, it's me too. So so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I used to love zombie films back in the... When I, it was only really, you know, Dawn of the Dead and all of that kind of stuff, which were decent. And then there seems to be this resurgence after Dawn of the Dead or whatever. And it's never-ending. It's just every single type of zombie film ever made There's like zombie ice cream or whatever the fuck the film's come out um, so yeah I'm kind of bored of zombies
0: um, I mean that's that's the thing that I've been feeling as well like I feel like anyone who wants to make a film just sort of gets a few of their mates together and throws some flake, flake blood around and then they're like hey call it a zombie film someone will buy it and it's I think it's really doing the genre down <coughs> yeah it's,
2: You've been saying that for a while, though, haven't you? I think yeah, I everybody's mean, sort of getting the same way now.
0: Yeah. Maybe, like, every now and then something comes along and it's like, well, that's great. Like, Rec 3 was great and all the Rec films are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's, So there's still, like, good things in the genre, but for the most part, I'm pretty much done with it. Yeah,
1: it's pretty boring now, to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of my main gripe about horror in general is that people think if they just throw some, a bucket of blood someone or stick a chainsaw into some offer something, then you know, it's a horror film. Whereas to me that's just really boring. Anybody can do that. Yeah. I can go to the butcher's tomorrow and buy a slab of meat and film myself chainsawing it. You know, who gives does it make it a horror film? Um I like well, to the reason probably why I miss I like horror films which have something a bit more than like decent story and characters and
0: which aren't just all about blood and gore. Don't get
1: me wrong, I love blood and gore.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, Um, but if that's... I'm having some problems uh, getting you on this side. Is, does everything sound okay on your side, Sarah? Nope. <laughs> you were talking <laughs> no, about um, picking the mist. <laughs> when did because it start breaking uh, up? It was about when you were talking about picking the mist because it has a bit more to it than, like, I don't know, something with a good ending. So well,
1: Do we, um, <laughs> we want just,
2: to just save that shit for later?
0: Yeah, do you want to talk about what we've been watching recently?
2: Yes. Freaked, Freaked. specifically.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, we definitely talked about Freaked on the podcast before, Sarah.
2: Well, we did a podcast on it. So we I, did, that was I our first ever so. episode. I know. So, it, you know, it's about time we revisited it now.
0: It's been about three years, so yeah, go on. <laughs> cool. So All go and right. talk about Freaked then. Me? Well, I haven't watched it recently. Oh, who watched <laughs> it? Did Jamie watch it? Mhm. All right, hi Jamie. I forgot you were there. <laughs> uh,
1: right. Hi. Um, I forgot I was here as well. I was just listening in.
0: So you watched Freaked?
1: Did watch Freaked? I'd never seen it before, but I wanted to see it for ages. And uh, yeah, that was a weird film, <laughs> 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 but weird in a really fun way.
0: It's probably the most nineties film in the world.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I tweeted, actually.
2: That's how I always describe it to anyone who hasn't seen it.
0: Yeah, somewhere between that and like Cool as Ice are the most 90s films (laughs) ever made.
1: (laughs) Well, I kind of compared it to, like, Biodome.
0: Yeah, the outfits, too. Any of those poorly Shore films. Yeah, exactly. Which which I do love lots.
1: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was really fun in the most retarded way. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I need to watch it again to kind of catch all of the jokes in it because it was so quick fire. Um, but yeah, it was enjoyable. If people haven't seen. F- was it Freaked? Yeah, Freaked. Yeah. Check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, I've watched. Uh, I'm trying to think about all the films I've watched since Christmas. I've watched quite a lot of stuff actually. Um, I mean, last went to the cinema last night and saw Django Unchained.
0: Oh, how was it
1: have you seen it no it was well based all of Tarantino's recent films I guess I loved Kill Bill I yeah. hated Kill Bill 2 um, and ever since then his films have been really hit and miss for me but like, I like individual scenes and individual moments but as a whole they don't really work as a film for me um, and that's kind of what it was like for Django, really. Um, I like really liked individual scenes, but as a whole film, it was way too long for a start. Um, he's being a bit self-indulgent. There's a really, I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's... Uh, I don't know why he puts himself in his films, but he appears about half an hour towards the end. Right. And it's probably the most embarrassing cameo I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: Oh, God, that sounds like fun.
1: <laughs> if anything, that
2: makes me want to watch it more. Yeah.
1: It's kind of car crash cinema, but it really takes her out the film because you're just like, oh, there's Tarantino dressed as a cowboy doing what's meant to be an Australian accent.
0: Oh, oh no.
1: <laughs> he goes between Australian and British, and he just looks really, like, awfully self-conscious. And it's just like, oh dude, stay behind the camera,
0: man. Yeah, someone needs to shut his butt down. <laughs> yeah. His his cameo in the Mike sort of western film, Sukiyako Western Django, was one of the most embarrassing cameos I've ever seen. So I guess he I guess he um one ups himself in his own yeah. Django.
1: It's no secret that Tarantino's always wanted to be an actor. Yeah. But he can't act, man. <laughs> I, mean, and... right. I mean, he's good in Dustal Dawn because he yeah. kind of suits a kind of weird, sleazy role.
0: And like his little section in Pulp Fiction, while obviously he gives himself all the best lines and it's quite um, slapdash with the big N word, um, like he's quite good in that role too, I think. But like for the most part, he's a shocker.
1: <sighs> yeah, he's pretty bad. Um... So his, it's just it's mainly his attempt at an Australian accent is so bad. That kind of starts off English and then kind of morphs into something else, and eventually kind of becomes Australian. <laughs> it was pretty bad, but uh, worth watching as a film. Um, yeah, I've been going to the cinema a lot recently. Just a couple of months ago, I got a CineWorld Unlimited pass, so I'm just going right. to see. Everything. Everything, even if I'm not that bothered.
0: Um, so cool. What other highlights have you got? Have you seen?
1: Um, God, there haven't been many highlights recently, to be honest. Not the cinema. I saw, what did I see? I saw Jack Reacher. That was average. <laughs> uh, the Hobbit, I really didn't get that. Uh, um, Les Miserables, or however you say it just, I mean, I'm not a big fan of musicals, but my god, did that go on forever?
0: I love Les Miserables. I can't imagine the film not being just fucking sublime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be stupid, and this will make me sound stupid, I know. I didn't actually realise absolutely everything was going to be sung. Right. Like, even if it's not part of a song, they sing it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
1: just, I'd actually- I mean, I've seen musicals before and they don't really do that, but obviously this is based on a stage musical. But yeah, it kind of made me laugh. There's a bit that really made me laugh where Russell Crowe literally says, don't understand. And it's not part of the song. He's literally just saying, don't understand. But he tries to sing it and it's just ridiculous. He's like, don't understand.
0: <laughs> I was always a bit worried about the casting. I don't, I don't, rate the casting too much at all um but I'm a big fan of Les Miserables so I definitely will see it eventually
1: yeah definitely worth seeing if you're a fan of the musical um but yeah it wasn't for me that one um what else we recently uh watched Rare Export
0: oh we talked about that a few weeks ago how was it
1: I really enjoyed it um I didn't really know anything about it apart from it was kind of about an evil Santa. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. It was really well directed. Uh, the only thing I thought was...
0: Uh, let's just wrap this bit up for now uh, and we'll move on to the, uh, the main portion of the show because we're having some technical difficulties. Uh, so we'll be back after these messages. <laughs>
2: If you fancy dropping us a line at the Gorepress Gorecast, there's a number of different ways you can do that. Um, you can send all your competition entries, feedback and comments to podcast.gorepress.com. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash Gorecast. Or if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at GorecastX.
0: Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main,
1: the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film.
0: Well you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and Art Cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really. It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just just getting confirmation. It's just meaning that's the third time though. I mean almost I is this on? You can find us at Chinstroker So come and share the victory.
1: If you could f*** any man in
0: film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... Be- <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Whoa. Mom, Dad, you gotta come see. The is so bad. You just gotta... Come, come on. Whoa. Having spoken, the doomsayer departs.
1: <laughs> why don't you get billy dressed i'll take a minute down with him. hit the store before it gets all bought out how would you folks hold up in the store big insurance day sorry to hear that
0: Shut the door! The only way we're gonna help
2: ourselves is to seek rescue. Tie this around your waist. Or four. Or let us know you got at
0: least 300 feet.
2: There's nothing out
0: there. Nothing in the midst. What if you're wrong? Then I guess... The joke would be on me. To take sides. Read the good book. It calls for blood. Guys, I hear something. Are those bugs? Not like any I've ever seen. Whoa. The entire front of this store is plain glass. <laughs>
1: dimensions they wanted to try and make a window well maybe your window turned out to be
0: a door Ah, who she's gonna sacrifice to make it all better we want the boy you try it kill him Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, We're talking The Mist. Um, Jamie, this was your pick. So why don't you give us a uh, synopsis?
1: Okay. Well, I'll just read the back of the Blu-ray I've got. Um, After a mysterious mist envelops a small New England town, a group of locals trapped in a supermarket must battle a siege of otherworldly creatures and the fears that threaten to tear them apart. Uh, That's about as short sure as it gets, I suppose.
0: Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. Cool. So uh, tell us why you picked it. I mean, you sort of mentioned briefly, but why specifically uh, The Mist?
1: Um, I guess, I don't know really. The Mist is one of a horror film over the last few years that I've really enjoyed and really kind of stuck with me after I watched it. And I think it's probably because it's not all about the blood and the guts and the gore it's got some interesting characters and obviously it's based on the Stephen King novella. Yeah. uh, And generally, I love Stephen King and generally, I mean, adaptations of his work are generally really hit and miss, but I thought The Mist was a really good adaptation. Um, But yeah, I tend to like film, I think also I tend to like films where it's a bunch of characters stuck in one place. Like, the Thing is one of my favourite films of all time. Yeah, and I guess you could pair, you could compare The Mist to The Thing um, because it's it's not really about what's outside of the supermarket. It's about how the people react to it and how the people turn on each other, and they're kind of the real horror of the film, if you want to put it that way.
0: Yeah, um, almost like Day so of so death quite, as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I love films where it's more about the people than the actual horror of whatever's affecting them. So I guess that's kind of why I chose it.
0: Excellent. Um,
2: We should probably quickly say up front that this is probably going to get pretty spoiler-heavy as well. Oh, definitely.
0: (laughs) I don't know how it
1: could not, really, if you're talking about...
0: (laughs) But fortunately, I think it's a film that everybody's already seen. I would
2: imagine most people will have, yeah. Yeah,
0: people listen to this at least. Like, I can't imagine there'd be too many people you haven't seen this and if you haven't seen it like we're getting fully fully spoilery because otherwise i can't rant
2: i think we'll (laughs) be fine we'll be fine anyway because like one of our two listeners is on the show so it'll be all good yeah
0: that is true (laughs) right so i'd i planned because i'd seen this film before once um and i i'm going to put this out there right now i don't like the film (laughs) at all well that's (laughs) that's maybe overstating it a little bit i mean it's got it's got its good points but i don't really like it very much um for three main reasons which i'll get into later (coughs) but so i had planned on watching this in black and white Mm -hmm. uh but the fascists over at the fascists over at momentum wouldn't let me by not including a black and white version on my dvd oh so, thanks. That would
2: present a problem. Thanks,
0: Momentum. <laughs>
1: oh, I Just watch it on TV.
0: I could have watched it on black and white TV. I didn't know. I watched it on my computer. I could have made it black <laughs> and white in VRC, couldn't I? That's probably yeah. a thing you can do.
2: <laughs> Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it?
0: It magically is. <laughs> so
2: well, you I... seem to have got more vitriolic about this film since the last time I spoke to you. Do you like it less having re it? Yes. okay i was getting that impression
0: (laughs) because i was remembering it sort of like rosalie uh but like because the first time i watched all the things that happened before the ending i hadn't seen the ending (laughs) and so naturally watching it again knowing the ending and like seeing what these characters go through and who these characters are the ending makes no sense to me and we'll but we'll get to that we'll get to that later Um, I've got a question for you, Sarah. Okay. Um, I know you requested, you not requested, uh, suggested or recommended that I watched um, Fortress. Did I? Yes. You definitely did. Okay. uh,
1: The thingy Lambert one?
0: Yes.
2: Christopher Lambert. Hell yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) Did you not
2: enjoy it? No, I loved it. I thought it was great. Okay. But...
0: Christopher Lambert and Thomas Jane are the same actor, aren't they?
2: <laughs> they are fairly interchangeable. Yes, I've heard somebody else say that as well.
0: I think I've, I've said it a few times, like over Twitter and stuff. It's like, they're they're definitely like their acting style is identical. They look quite similar. <laughs> yeah, um, and seeing like Thomas Jane in this really reminded me of Christopher Lambert in, particularly in in a uh, Fortress.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I can sort of see that.
1: He doesn't have an intestinator in him, though, in the middle, <laughs> He doesn't? the supermarket, you will explode.
0: Well, that's the Marsha Gay Harding. <laughs> yeah. figure, isn't it? Let's talk about Marsha Gay Harding as well, right? She's, for the most part... Do you want to get her name right? Is it, what's her name?
2: <laughs> Marsha Gay Harding.
0: Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, she's... Her character is horrible and great.
2: Yes. Horrible's is a bit of an understatement.
0: Yeah. But yeah. But, um, and like menacing and all that stuff that you want. But she does veer a little bit into Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: it's quite, but with better hair.
0: <laughs> it's quite a showy performance. Yeah. And uh, it needs that to though, be. Isn't it? Yeah. I guess, but like, it's not sort of showy in, the, in the, um, like your guy in The Last Exorcism or like other sort of preachery types. It just sort of goes a bit nuts. I
1: don't really agree. But I mean, even if you do think that, I mean, she is meant to be the local religious mental woman. So I guess that's the only way I would kind of defend her performance in that way. She is a complete lunatic and she kind of does play it like that, I suppose. Yeah. Mrs. Stephen King knows how to write a good religious nut. That's for sure. It's yeah,
0: definitely. Um, like I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Stephen King uh, because I love I love his stories and I love like the overarching storytelling, but like I have some problems with like the minutia and like the the specific words that he uses and the specific sort of phrases that he turns. And sometimes that really can bug me. But like for the most part, I love the the stories and the characters are generally great. But like yeah, some of his little sort of nitty-gritty choices um, can get on my wick sometimes.
2: Give me an example. What do you mean?
0: Oh, I think there's there's this one little bit in, I think it's in one of the short stories in Four Past Midnight, where he's talking about a parked car and it's like the car wasn't even, didn't even have a wonky tyre to make it interesting or something like that. And it's just like, just a really bullshitty thing to write. Like, <laughs> did you remember there was that, there was um, a few months ago or well, for the last few months, there's been that thing circulating that's been like, the worst things written in high school English or whatever and they're all like the guy was as tall as a really tall thing and stuff like that (laughs) like it's it's sort of like that level of writing and where sometimes it works in the context and like sometimes it doesn't work or sometimes it can land for one person and not for another and sometimes like he does stuff like that and it really like doesn't land for me
2: fair enough I can't say that's something I've noticed really
0: no me neither but then like
1: I don't know when you've written the amount of stuff that Stephen King's written, there's always going to be the odd, the odd sentence or description here and there which might not hit home.
0: Yeah, it's true. but like I say, like I love the overarching stories. I think the stand is one of my favorite like the the stand like redux that he did with the extra four billion pages um, <laughs> was is one of my favorite books ever. Uh, so yeah, I mean I love Stephen King. I've not actually read the novella of this.
2: Oh okay. I thought you had. I thought I remembered you saying you, you had at one point.
0: I think maybe I'd, maybe if I have, it was a long time ago and I don't remember the, the specific details. Like, I couldn't tell you, apart from the fact that I know the ending is different, I couldn't tell you if what else was different about it.
2: Okay. Well, you, you have read it, haven't you, Jamie?
0: I've
1: read about four-fifths of it. I literally okay. haven't just read the ending. But I think it's pretty faithful, to be honest. The only difference is... The novella spends a lot more time at the house with his wife. Right. Okay. Um, spends a lot more time there, whereas the film literally kind of leaves straight away. But I mean, that was a wise choice. There's no need to spend
0: time with his wife, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a two-hour film, anyway, isn't it? It's quite long. Yeah, I think
0: it yeah. runs. A, I think yeah. it runs a little bit long for what it is, as well.
2: Um, maybe, but again, like Jamie was saying, it's more about the character development than the, you know, the the bigger horrors. Yeah. So I think. They needed that screen time
0: no it's true Because
2: otherwise you, you wouldn't give a shit about any and of them surely
0: it's got this great ensemble cast as well and um, I think that's one of the, the film's real big like strengths
2: most of whom were in The Walking Dead it's
0: true <laughs> I yeah, guess that's half, the
2: Darabont connection
1: yeah been nicked from it but that's not a bad thing <laughs> I suppose
2: no although I do dis- I discover that the woman who plays Andrea in The Walking Dead I don't like her in anything she's in it's not just The Walking Dead don't which like this either.
1: Which one is that? I I've, um, I've caught up with The Walking Dead.
2: Um, um, oh, which character is she in The Walking Dead, or which one is she in The Mist?
1: What, 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 what actress is it?
2: It's the blonde lady, Amanda. Yeah. I think she's called.
0: Oh, the okay. one that looks after the kid for. Yeah. Most
2: yeah. Of the film. It was in Silent Hill as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: was, I was about to say that. I watched Silent Hill recently, and she, she was in it, and I just realised it was her. And she looks different. Yeah.
0: Do you know what? I would like to see Toby Jones being chased by zombies, though.
2: <laughs> I love him in this film.
0: Yeah, he's great.
2: I mean, he gets he gets a lot of the best lines. Granted, some of them are quite cheesy. It's but true. he gets a lot of the best lines, and he's he, I mean, he's brilliant in most of the stuff that he's in. But he's a real scene stealer. I thought.
1: Yeah, him and William Sadler, I really like in this film. And then yeah, I, I like I, William least, Sadler and everything. Really,
2: he is he is a great character actor. But I'd kind of forgotten that he was even in this till I started re-watching it. I think he's overshadowed a little bit.
0: Is is William Sadler in like every single Stephen film King ever adaptation made. ever made? <laughs> I think he's in all of Frank Darabont's films, that's for sure. Right. I
2: think he's in every film ever made.
0: <laughs> yeah, he might he's, be. He's not he's uh, a... Is he freaked? He was a freak. He is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. He's really old now. <laughs> I saw him in something quite recently and he's all old. And it looks weird, leathery. Yeah,
2: he he hasn't really aged for about two decades, though.
0: He's aged now.
2: Has he? Yeah,
0: a <laughs> The sudden. last year, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all caught up with him. Yeah, I think
0: he looked at that painting or whatever.
1: <laughs> it's like Mel Gibson in Forever Young, where he ages like fifty years in about two hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never seen Forever Young. Is it any good? Oh, don't don't
1: watch it. Would well, no, <laughs> I see what? I went on IMDb. I tend to go on IMDb after watching any film, no yeah. matter what the film. And J.J. Abrams wrote Forever Young, mm. which I thought was weird. Yeah, I, I
0: didn't know that. I knew that because I was watching um, the last year's Comic Con panel with with J.J. and because we we're on first name terms or first <laughs> first initial terms, first I mean, yeah. Uh, and uh, and Joss Wedon, uh, Wedon, Whedon Whedon um, and they talked about that. That's why I knew that for call story bro me. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: you can't call story bro yourself. I
0: totally did. <laughs>
1: I'm down. resisting saying something. But...
2: <laughs> so back to the mist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what were we up to?
0: Uh, I guess we were we were sort of getting through the characters. Mm. I mean, there's no no one else is too sort of well. What's <coughs> the word? Like no one else is really front and centre. You've got Tom Jane, you've got... Yep. You're laughing, why are you <laughs> I, laughing?
2: I can't take him seriously because of Arrested Development.
0: Well, I told you that my housemate didn't know that he was a real actor. I
2: know. <laughs> I, did, oh, I remember the first time I saw The Mist, and it was after I'd seen him as The Punisher, and I remember watching The Punisher and thinking, oh, Thomas Jane, he's quite hot, and then watching this and going, oh my God, he just looks like the average 40-year-old. <laughs> it seemed to, I don't know...
1: He's in Boogie no. Nights, and he's amazing in that.
0: Who is he's he in, in Boogie once? Nights? Not I've though. not seen that in years. Oh, he's play
1: you know where they go to, um, oh, what's his name's house to to rob it? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, there's that Chinese guy, oh, it's just Cardinal. <laughs> he's like doing those firecrackers. I'm never going to do that voice again. <laughs> no, <don't>. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he plays like his accomplice, and he's got like a big handlebar moustache, and he goes crazy.
0: Oh, I totally... Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah.
1: Well, the fucking is in the bed under the fucking box in the thing. That's that guy. Oh, Tom J. Not
2: quite as memorable as his turn in Deep Blue Sea, clearly.
0: <laughs>
1: I love that film. <laughs> Me too.
2: Someone
0: has to. Uh, the, the main That's reason awesome. I love Deep Blue Sea is because it's not great white sharks for a fucking change. That's, no,
1: they're like tiger sharks. They're mako sharks are sharks so there you yeah. go
2: that's quite a specific thing to remember
0: I'm, I'm a bit of a shark film enthusiast
1: Yeah, and they can swim backwards and blink
0: yeah and they know guns when they see them <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I love that film I'm going to watch it again it
0: is, it is a lot of daft fun just for LL Cool J and his little parrot friend oh, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> ladies do love Cool James yeah <laughs> Ladies love.
2: So we've digressed again. (laughs) Just a little bit.
0: (laughs) Did you miss LL Cool J and his parrot in this film, Sarah? Were you not paying attention?
2: (laughs) I know I must have blinked. (laughs) Deleted (laughs) scene. (laughs) I was not
0: privy to that. So one of the big points um, that I that I don't like about this film, one of the big three,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: the CGI. Is <laughs> shocking.
2: Well, yeah, that's something I agree with you about. It's like, that if is...
0: you ever saw the the asylum did their rip off of Cloverfield, it was called Monster. <laughs> of
2: course, it was, and
0: it's that level of CGI.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: See, I can. I love the mist, and I know, but it's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination. And yeah, the CGI isn't particularly great, but then. It's purely down to the fact that they just didn't have enough budget to do it justice, I guess. I think they made it for like $15 million or something, which is ridiculous for a Hollywood film.
0: But District 9 cost like $2. (laughs) And like Monsters cost half of that. (laughs) Um, And they have amazing CGI. And like even like what is ostensibly the same film. I had to take the B out there, in okay, case Sarah laughed at me again. Um, <laughs> well, it's ostensibly the same film, um, Splinter. Oh, I love Splinter. Like, that that was shot on, like, I think it was a four million the budget. The same film? Well, I mean, it's people trapped in a shop and there's monsters.
2: Oh, sod off. The same film.
0: I mean, I was being kind of facetious. But like,
2: Just a tad, yeah. It's like a
0: smaller version of the same film. Very, very smaller. Like, super localised. And the CGI is very different,
1: though, because yes. that I don't think there's any CGI in. Well, the limited CGI in Splintered.
2: There's yeah, there's a bit at the end. There's I think it's
1: all mainly like prosthetics, and I think they covered dancers in prosthetics so they could move and bend in weird ways.
0: Right.
1: Um, but that's i get that's completely different to like making flying like bugs and shit. But yeah, the CGI isn't great. I'm not going to defend that.
0: And there's um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, infestation that's got like that's a decent mix between like practical and cgi and that's all flying bugs and it was just way better i don't understand how like 50 million will do you a lot but i mean maybe it won't do you a lot when you get that cast i think maybe the Mm -hmm. cast is where a lot of their money went because it's a good strong cast and like i guess if you're making that's
2: also the film's biggest strength
0: yeah that's what i was getting at i guess if you're making the mist where it's these people are trapped in a place and there, is the, for for argument's sake, the villains and the heroes and the whole and the focus of the movie. Then I guess it does make sense. But then maybe don't focus so much on the flying business.
2: I guess. I don't know. I think I agree I mean, the, to a certain the CGI extent. CGI
1: for me isn't so bad that it ruins the film. Um, Ditto. But and then
2: I, I think they had their priorities in order by focusing on the cast. Rather than the effects. I mean, I don't know. I
1: don't know. Well, for me, no matter what the film, no matter how good the CGI, apart from one film I saw recently, which I'll mention, but that's the exception, no matter how good the CGI, you can always tell it's CGI. So it doesn't matter whether it's good CGI or bad CGI, you can tell it's CGI. Uh, with the exception being Life of Pi and the Bengal tiger in that film, which is mind blowing. Right. And that is that is not even doesn't even look like a special effect at all. Um well, yeah, generally I'd much rather practical effects over CGI every single time.
0: Yeah, me too. Like if you look at something like The Thing, it's barely aged.
1: Yeah, yeah, well that's what I love about that film, it's like it's all practical. It still stands up now. Yeah. Um, actually it's better than I watched the the thing. I want to say remake, but it's a pre-make, pre, pre, make <laughs> prequel thing, whatever it is. Um, and the effects were okay. It was all very obviously CGI. Yeah. And CGI just dates really quickly. Exactly. Whereas... Even
0: like even something as great as like Jurassic Park still looks dated.
1: Yeah.
0: There's only like there's only one CGI film that I think has aged reasonably well. Uh, like is? sort of early CGI film. That's Starship Troopers. I think the CGI in that has aged really well.
1: Well, I think the CGI in um, Terminator Two has aged pretty well. Oh yeah, well, definitely. Um, whenever I watch that, it still kind of blows my mind that that film's like over twenty years old now. Um, but yeah, generally not a fan of CGI. Much rather practical effects. But in the mist, it doesn't ruin the film for me. That's for sure.
0: I mean, I wouldn't maybe saying that it ruins it. My 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 problem is. Because I hate the ending so much, <laughs> it makes me go back and sort of view the film with like these sort of squinty eyes, like, uh, why no, have you done uh, this to me? <laughs> and like so I find myself judging it a lot harsher than I say than I would say any other film. Like a film that was sort of mediocre throughout probably gets a better a better look in for me because it doesn't just like piss on my face at the end of it.
1: Yeah, well, I can't remember. There's a famous quote, but I don't know who said it. It's like, you can make a really bad film, but if the last five minutes are awesome, people will love the film.
0: Yeah. Um, Whereas I
1: guess for you, it's the reverse. It's like, it's an okay film, but then you hate the ending, so you hate the entire film. I
0: really, really
1: hate the ending.
2: (laughs) Do you want to just talk a bit about the ending? Because that seems to be where we keep...
0: Okay, Eddie. well, before we before I say that, I, I wrote something down in my notes, and I wrote it in really big letters. Okay. <laughs> um, Tom Jane's been in two two Stephen King ad- adaptations.
2: Oh, he was in Dreamcatcher. Was that a Stephen King one? Yes, and
0: I would watch that yeah. any day of the week. I haven't seen that. Over the mist. It's, it's got... Um, it's got like a poo monster in it. It does. It has a... <laughs> what's his name? What's his fucking name? Um, Morgan Freeman. The only way I remembered his name there was by doing a really bad impression of him. Saying his name. Um, but it's got him in it saying shit weasels with amazing eyebrows. It's, I don't know what there's not to love in that film. And Jason Lee's in it. And and yeah. He's a Scientologist, man. He is a Scientologist, but he's also very handsome.
2: <laughs> oh, well, but that's okay
0: then. It's like he's down in uh, my it's, it, He's like my Chris Brown, basically. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter how much of a fuck up he is. Like, I still kind of love him.
2: <laughs> That's a tenuous comparison,
1: but I'll give no, it a No, it isn't. That.
0: The world is like, they love Chris Brown, <laughs> no matter how much of a cunt he is.
1: No. Well, Jason Lee is obviously a Kevin Smith kind of dude. Yeah. And he's in Chasing Amy. And for anybody out there who may realize that finger cuff comes from Chasing Amy. Ah.
2: So does that mean he gets a free pass in your eyes as well?
1: No, he still doesn't get a free pass. <laughs> <laughs> we were young when we chose that name, and we kind of regret it, and we don't tell what it
0: actually means. <laughs> right, so let's anyway. talk. Let's talk about the end.
2: <laughs> okay. So you, you seem to want to.
0: <laughs> well, does someone want to explain what happens at the end? Sarah, go for it.
2: <laughs> From where?
0: From from, from them leave. leaving the leaving the uh, the place.
2: You want me to explain what happens? Okay, they literally. I'll explain what is on screen. They leave the supermarket. A um, couple people get eaten. Don't make it to the car. Um, the remaining characters drive around for a bit. They <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's doing, it. doing laps around McDonald's so really with the trans <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's exactly what happens. Do you awesome. want it? Right, you can do it then. Fuck you both!
0: Drive <laughs> round for
1: a bit; it's a bit boring.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> on, Sarah. What happens? Tell us. No, no. Tell us.
2: No. What happens after they drive
0: around Did they stop for food?
2: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they have a pack lunch.
1: Um, <laughs> for a misty picnic.
2: Yeah. Um, and then they run out of petrol, and then sort of quite quickly give up <laughs> on life. Yeah despite the struggles that they've <laughs> previously had. Yeah. yeah, I know. Saying it like that doesn't sound great.
0: They, they, Go like, on. They have this big fight. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we're shooting you in the head, Marsha Gay Harden. We're fucking up all this shit. We're losing these but that guys. that was a great
2: moment. I mean,
0: it was. It's one of the most satisfying moments, probably in film that year. Yeah. But like, So they're like, yeah, we're doing this. We're going to be strong and we're the heroes and we're going out. Oh, shit. We run out of boom. Let's all kill ourselves.
1: <laughs> do you not like it because you think it's not believable that they would make that choice? So do you not like it just because it, you think it's a lame ending?
0: I think it's I think it's both. I think it's a lame ending. I think it's lazy. It's lazy writing. Like, that's not what those characters would do. Like the characters that we've watched, like throughout the film, they wouldn't just be like, oh, shit oh well let's all die and then and and but like it is a lame ending as well because like i feel like frank darabont phoned up his mate and was like whoa dude i just thought of like the totally most fucked up ending i could think of isn't this cool and it's not cool it's fucking lame and i hate (laughs) it and it makes me want to shit on this film
2: (laughs) (laughs) i quite like the ending
1: See, that's the reason one of the reasons why I like this film is for the ending just because you generally would never get an ending like this in a Hollywood horror film. Um, but I can see what you're saying because it is a bit of a leap stretch of the imagination to think that these characters would do it. But then I do think if you put yourselves in their situation having think that what everything that's happened to them throughout the film, if that actually happened to you in reality,
2: everyone has a breaking point.
1: Yeah, it might make you go a bit nuts. Um, But you
0: could, they could just like sit there and like talk until something attacks them. And then when they (laughs) get attacked, they could be like, well, we're going to die now. We might as well just shoot ourselves. Rather than like being like, well, we're just sort of sat here. So, but having. A bit bored. Do you want to shoot me? All right, shoot me. Throughout
2: the film, though, they've seen people sort of used as hosts for these things and torn in half. What would be the, you know. Would that be preferable to just shooting yourself? But they could shoot themselves.
0: Convinced-
2: uh, but if you're convinced it's going to happen anyway, what would you rather have?
0: I don't know. I think I think I think I'd prefer the ending if they just if they were all dead, and then it ended, <laughs> or like it's 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 the truck coming and it being like, oh, we would have saved you in two minutes anyway, you fucking idiots.
1: Yeah, but I have something to say about that, right? And this is I think this is really interesting that Frank. Because I think in the novella, they just drive off into the mist and they disappear, and that's the end. Yeah. Like, you don't know what happens to them. Um, But in this, like, throughout the whole film, Mrs. Carmody is always saying that the mist is basically God's vengeance and it wants human blood for our sins or whatever, all of that religious claptrap. So it's interesting to me that at the end, as soon as they all kill each other, or as soon as he kills all of them, and literally you know releases their blood the mist kind of goes away so in a way like mrs carmody is kind of right
2: i mean the re- the religious aspect and the faith kind of thing is pretty heavily used in a lot of stephen king's work though isn't it so you, yeah that could be could be honest that's one thing
1: anyway i mean i just i realized that as i was watching it, it's kind of like as soon as he kills them and like there is bloodletting like the mist kind of disappears which is what Mrs. Carmody has been banging on about the whole film.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I see that, yeah. I don't I don't know if if it's if it was written like that or if it's designed like that, but that's definitely a reading you can take from it. Sure. Um,
2: Which again, I think is a a pretty clear indicator of a good story if there are different ways you can read
0: it. It's true. I read it as as lazy, <laughs> <laughs> and you read. Do it you as, really?
2: You haven't mentioned that. And
0: you read it as a sort of. Um, I mean, the idea that Miss Carmody is right is a scary notion, and
2: uh, therein lies the
0: horror. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I said there were three things about the film that that made that made it really difficult for me.
2: Okay. Uh, what have we listed so far? The ending, obviously.
0: The ending. The uh, CGI. The CGI. The third thing. Yep. And this is the biggest one, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So you see all this sort of billowy smoke stuff coming at you. Right, and you're like, oh shit, it's mist. It's you mean. mist. It's <laughs> it's not fog. Can't be fog. Let's never, <laughs> ever, ever call it fog. Like well the f word. It was will never escape our lips. It's not fog. It's mist.
2: Do you know what? Go on. I think it's because that name was
0: taken. <laughs> I mean, it, I think that's you can't call the film the fog, but like to have no characters even say the word fog. <laughs> like it's just mist. It's just taken as read that it's mist, and it's like. But it's it possesses like fairly fog-like qualities.
1: Is there a difference between fog and mist?
0: I think I don't know for sure, but like
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think professionals in the weather community might say there is. Do you know what? I'm going to Google it.
0: Go on. Difference between frog, frog, frog. (laughs) (laughs) Difference between frog and mist. I would say that fog is probably sort of smokier. I don't know, and mist is a bit more. Isn't mist just like really fine rain?
2: The only difference between mist and fog is visibility. The phenomenon is called fog if the visibility is one kilometre or less.
0: So, so there you go. So that would that would suggest that the uh, the mist in the film is fog, then?
2: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> apparently you can see further in mist than you can in fog. So yeah.
1: <laughs> well, who? Knew, oh, I hate this film. I fucking hate this film. <laughs> This shit I'm not burning
0: my blu-ray oh well I feel vindicated <laughs> there
1: weren't even any zombie pirates in the
0: there <laughs> well, I'm glad we didn't cover that film either like I like that <laughs> film but when you break it down it's a load of shit
1: nothing happens <laughs> it's just, oh, there's, there's some pirates oh they're gone
0: Um, Apparently
2: they're going to Talking about haze as well Haze is a thing
1: (laughs) There's something in the (laughs) haze
2: I'm going to stop reading this now (laughs) um,
1: What is dramatic
2: (laughs) Okay Before we sort of I guess we're getting to the point Where we're going to wrap up now There's just one other thing I wanted to mention And that is the use of The Dead Can Dance song Right at the end That is beautiful That song sounds like It was made for the film
1: yeah. yeah, it worked. The imagery of all
2: the Alden, the fog, <laughs> <laughs> fog mist, whatever. Pays. Yeah, I really like
1: that. It's uh yeah, they use that well. I think.
2: Yeah, that was one of the highlights of the ending for me. I would agree. Wow. Okay.
0: Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not disputing like the 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 making of the film apart from the CGI and the writing, um, and <laughs> the end. Well, that's the writing. But like it's, it's shot well, and it's like I think the I think they they use music on, and the lack of it quite quite well throughout the film. Um, yeah, because there's some moments where there's sort of big action set pieces for one of a better word, and they and they're like not scored at all, and that's mm-hmm. that's always like we talk about that quite a lot because that always sort we of do. affects me more more than the, say whacking a score underneath it. It makes it seem mm. a bit more real and a bit more like Definitely.
1: It's like car chases, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, the best car chases don't have any music, it's so all just like engine revs and stuff like that. Um Yeah, I like it when films have minimal music myself.
0: No, definitely. And so that's one thing that this film gets really right. Like the performances I think are they're, they're for the most part they're pretty good.
2: They're mostly awesome, but
0: like there's some of them, Thomas Jane is—he's not a very consistent actor, I don't think.
1: He's <laughs> a bit hit and miss. And the the only thing I would say about the ending is his acting. I mean, it'd be tough to act that, to be fair, but his wailing and crying when he steps outside of the car is a little bit hokey in places.
2: Um, I I agree that he plays it a little bit too big. Perhaps, but I also think it's a weird one to maybe criticise on that sort of thing because how do you know how anyone would react in that situation?
1: It's true. It's true. Well, this and one other thing I want to say is this film does contain one of my favourite insulting quotes in a film, which is Mrs. Carmody, where she says, "The day I need a friend like you, I'll (laughs) squat and shit one out." And I've always wanted to say that to someone I don't like. (laughs) Waiting for the opportunity.
0: It is a singer.
2: Okay. So we're going to wrap up then? Go
0: on. So, Jamie, tell us, um, give us your wrap up and your out of 10 score.
1: Okay. Uh, What's a wrap up? What do I say? Just my summation about the film. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Well,. I don't know. I like The Mist because, like I said earlier, it's a horror film that isn't all about the blood and the guts and the gore. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I <clears throat> films which are more about kind of the characters and horror films which are really kind of about how humans turn on each other and how, like, people are actually the real kind of horror, that kind of stuff, like The Thing. I love films like that. So uh, I give The Mist... Uh, mm, probably eight and a half out
2: of ten. Wow, wow. Okay.
0: So, Sarah, do you want to do you want to give us yours?
1: Um, you guys. I I know you don't.
2: <laughs> um, I agree with most of what Jamie said. To be honest, um, yeah, I, I'm quite a fan of films that sort of take more oh, right, the wrong the wrong Jamie. And- Yeah. <laughs> If you want to put it in those terms, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I like films that deal with sort of normal people in an abnormal situation and how they would deal with it, just more about the character development and stuff. I think, but I also agree with some of the flaws that you pointed out, like the CGI, sucks, balls. Um, But it it wasn't massively to the detriment of the film as a whole, I didn't think. Um, I've seen it three times now. And despite knowing the end, it still does have a certain rewatchability. Um, but I don't think I'd go as high as eight and a half. Maybe seven. I'm going to go with a solid seven.
0: Fair enough. I mean, for <laughs> for all the for all the shitting on it that I that I've been doing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a it's a well made film, and like, despite like my minor quibbles with the CGI and the fact that they don't use the f word. Um. There are children present. I mean, fog, um, <laughs> <coughs> oh.
2: or haze,
0: or haze. <laughs> like, despite the fact that they don't, they they there are those things that I f- have a problem with. It's mm-hmm. it's a pretty good film up until the end. And I just think the ending is. I mean, I might have mentioned this once or twice, but I think it's just lazy, and and so that drops it like two points for me, and it it drops it from a seven to a five. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, it's not a bad film. It's a good film with a bad ending. Um, And so, I mean, I think five is a fairly reasonable score for it. And I hope it doesn't offend you too much, Jamie. And I hope we can still be friends.
1: (laughs) Well, the day I need a friend like you, Jamie, I'll take the squat and (laughs) shit one out. All
0: right? I'm glad that you got that. I was really worried that you weren't going to go there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to say that.
2: I've just had a quick look on Gorpress. I reviewed this four years ago, three and a half years ago, and I gave it a seven then. So there you go. Wow,
0: consistency. go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So.
0: So uh, yeah, that, that about wraps it up for the mist. And um, before we go, Jamie, do you want to plug all of your uh, all of your networks and social stuff?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I am on Twitter, like everyone else, at fingercuff Jamie. Um if anyone needs a video making, visit fingercuffproductions.co.uk or uh my own personal website where you can keep up with like film related stuff I've been doing is jamhoop.com.
0: Excellent. Um do you have anything that you need to say, Sarah, before we wrap up?
2: Nope. I'm done. I wanna go sleep now.
0: Cool. Um <laughs> it's not that late, but it's late enough. Uh let's yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Um oh uh music and that. <laughs> Shit. I've not picked a song, I'll just whack one on the end. I'm sure it'll be something that has the word <laughs> mist or the in it. Um
2: I'm I'm quite proud of you for keeping the mist related puns to a minimum actually. Uh, I think you exhausted most of them on Twitter yeah, I definitely
0: missed that opportunity, didn't
2: I? <laughs> you did. <Really? laughs> um
0: that's, that's all I've got. <laughs> Unfogging
1: believable. <laughs> No, that was terrible. <laughs> On that yeah. note. I can't really think of anything
0: else. My mind's kind of a haze right now.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, so we'll be back next week with another guest and another film. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, Jamie. It's been great having you.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Lovely stuff.
0: Uh, we'll be back. Yeah, I did all that bit. Uh, bye. <laughs> Stay spooky. Bye.